Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Judy is screening your calls. Dr. Debbie is finding a place in the studio. Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, with some kind of injection with him today. I don't know what that's about. Joey Volani, the dog father, animal communicator, Joy Turner, and Ernie Rodina. And it is our Carbon Paw Print special. Who better on this Earth Day weekend than Ed Begley Jr.? Of course, he's pawfic. And he'll talk about our Carbon Paw Print <laughs> and all kinds of other... Don't you just hate it when people... Yes, I do. Ew. <laughs> Joey Volani today is going to tell you how you can wash your dog without them running out of the bathtub and running around the house all wet and everything. He's uh, working his way in the studio. He is looking very svelte, down 48 pounds, I understand. Ah, almost a quarter person. And you know what? He's, his image is kind of soprano-like, and he's losing that image because <laughs> he's not looking so soprano anymore. Stacy working hard in the newsroom. Wouldn't it be great if you could bring your dog to work? Well, you might want to tell your boss about this study that was done. Uh, bringing your dog to work can actually increase productivity, and it is pretty good for morale. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. See, the, the morale part, I understand that, Stacy, because we have our animals at work. Yeah. We're blessed to have them, but the, I think the productivity probably goes down. I don't know. I think they kind of motivate us. You know, I, I take my dogs with me almost all the time to work, and of course I can because I'm the boss. <laughs> you were actually out this morning on a dog walk. Yeah. Raising money for what organization? It was for the Animal Humane Society. Oh, very good. Um, yes. Yeah, so, well, I wasn't walking. I was actually uh, the on-site first aid. Um, oh. And, you know, talking about disaster preparedness for pets, is, which is a passion of mine. But, yeah, so every year, um, you know, we always run into some emergencies. Something happens. Uh, hotter years, we've had heat strokes, um, dog fights. Uh, so far, we just had pretty much some foot pad um, injuries just from walking real vigorously, you oh. know, on the uh, asphalt and the pavement. How do you take care of those foot pad injuries? Well, for this baby, she was actually bleeding. So um, we cleaned it and we bandaged the paws and we put her on a, you know, restriction on the activity. So she basically will have to be a couch potato for a little while to oh give my. those pads a rest. But, you know, it's a lot of excitement walking really fast on pavement. It doesn't have to be all that hot for them to actually do this. How long is the walk? It's a one mile to two mile. You can kind of pick and choose what you and your pet can do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun and you get to see a lot of dog personalities. That's what I love about it. You get to see the little chihuahua playing with the Great Dane and the mm. pets that look like they're people. <laughs> you do such good stuff for everybody. I'm so proud to have you on the team. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I got to you know, gotta say, we got to keep uh, Vladi in line because sometimes he just gets a little bit too type A personality. Yeah. Is he, uh, where is he? Did Joey find him? I don't We're going to track him down for your calls next here at 1-866-405-8405. You can also email us at yourvoice at animalradio.com or send your questions. Tweet us your questions at Animal Radio or Facebook us at Animal Radio. And I'm proud to announce a brand new app. If you have a smartphone or an iPhone, go get the Animal Radio app. You can not only listen to the show, but you can send us your questions from the app and go to our website and even call us. Pretty wow. cool. EP, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Good to be on the show. Good, 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 good. Thank you for calling us. Uh, what? How can I help you? Well, I, my mom has this 
two dogs in the backyard, and they're constantly digging holes all throughout the backyard. And every time we put dirt in the holes, they come back and they dig more holes. I know sometimes they lay in the holes, but we're trying to come up with a solution how to prevent them from digging these deep trenches throughout the backyard. Okay, so you have a three dogs, and they like to dig in your backyard, and it's happening in your presence or in your absence? Uh, it's happening all the time. As soon as we fill the holes after them, they come back and they dig them up again. So if your dogs are digging in your backyard, and you sometimes look in your, through your window, and your backyard looks like artillery range, <laughs> or after expedition, here's what you need to do. Number one, eliminate the cause of the problem. Why they do so? Because they are bored. Because they have no other job to do. What the Vladi would do? Vladi would put leash and collar on each dog. And after I would mark my territory without peeing all over your backyard, I would walk them through the backyard. I would walk them in the special way. So they would not go ahead of me. If they ahead of me, I turn around and snap the leash. I want to make sure they worry about me. I want to make sure they know it's my backyard, people. And after I'm going to do sit-stay and down-stay because it's control exercise, one minute sit-stay takes as much energy like one mile to run. In other words, I would do some obedience training in the backyard. That way, they're going to get a little bit mentally tired. And after that, I, got, I, I, I would grab the tennis ball or whatever they like to chase And I would probably get two items, and I'm going to toss one, and pack going to run, and after maybe one of them grab and run around with each other, and I, I will show them another one, say, see what I have here? And I toss in another direction. And I got to keep him running back and forth a little bit so they, they could get a little bit tired more physically. Now they're mentally tired. Now they're physically tired. Tired dog is the good dog. After that point, after that things, I'm expecting them not to dig. However... If they still dig, that comes instant solutions. Number one, if they dig in my presence, I would suddenly appear and startle them. I can use a few devices. Number one, my choice would be pet convincer, air spray device will spook them. Number two, I would use, what you said? An air spray device? Yeah, by name, pet convincer, like convince someone, a pet convincer. That's very cool stuff, Psst, like that, working. Number two, I would use throwing cans next to them, next to them, not at them, but next to them, without raising the hand, just toss it like a penny can, like we say in Michigan, a pop can. In California, they say soda can, okay. five, six pennies, just pennies, no marble chips, no land landscaping stones, people. They've done everything to me. Toss it, scream, ah! It calls behavior interrupt approach based on the objects flying through the air. Uh -huh. No heavy objects, no chairs or tables, people. Uh -huh. Okay. And after that, if that would not work, I'm gonna spy on them like KGB. And I'm gonna put remote controllable devices on them or electronic color, we gotta push the button. Or citronella activated color by name direct stopper. And if they do something wrong, I gotta just push the button. And they're, they're gonna be startled. They will think, wow, my gosh, what happened here? Okay? And if I wanna stop them from digging in my absence, I would put in those holes red 
pepper. They will scent it and stay away from those areas. That was what I do. But remember, people, and my dear listener, please address the root cause of the problem. They are bored. They have no job to do. The more you work proactively, the less you will need to work reactively. Oh, I like how I said. Sometimes I say smart things. Next client. Thank you. Thank you. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain Free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You could learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Lots of people place online ads for love or maybe to sell their used car, but a heartbroken bird lover got his missing parrot back thanks to Craigslist. 35-year-old Jason Strong couldn't bear to think of never finding his eight-month-old Amazon parrot, but the thought of his beloved Dino becoming a meal for another animal was unbearable. Strong has cerebral palsy and his caregiver had taken Dino to visit some friends. They were sitting at a pool, Dino perched on her arm, when he suddenly took off flying, something he'd never done before. They made flyers and put an ad on Craigslist about the missing parrot, but weren't expecting too much. Meanwhile, an employee from Hyundai Motors found Dino in a parking lot at work. She was just going to post a found bird ad on Craigslist when she saw the lost bird one. She returned Dino to Strong, where he happily found the place on Strong's wheelchair, right next to a parakeet named Pharaoh, a cockatiel named Willow, and a conure named Spirit. He explained, some people are cat people, some Some people are dog people. Maybe I was a bird in a past life. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hi, it's Alan Cable. You know, 33% of us pet owners talk to our pets on the phone with the answering machine when we're away. 62% of us sign letters and cards. So it looks like it's coming from both you and your pet. 79% give their pets holiday and birthday presents. 50% of those actually throw birthday celebration parties. And 17% of us sometimes dress our pets. You probably heard about the Labradoodle that looks like a lion. Are you serious? Oh yeah, listen to some of the 911 calls. And there was a lion that ran across the street, a baby lion. Lion, a baby lion. Had the mange and everything. Here's his owner. I tell people he's a lava lion. When people see Charlie the dog walking, they really freak out. I've seen him literally dive through the window to get in the car thinking a lion is after them. Oh, this stuff's fun. We all love to humanize our dogs, don't we? Give them human emotions. I was at soccer on Saturday, and this guy comes up and says, Can I pet your dog? I said, Sure. He commences to acting like a nut. Oh, you're a good boy. You're just such a good boy. I said, Dude, come on. You're going to get him all wound up. And I've taught him he needs to be calm. Here's the irony. He tells me he noticed how calm and mellow and well-behaved my dog is. I said, Then why are you trying to juice him up like that? I said, Buddy, you got to be calm when you pet a dog. Just mellow. You don't want to act like his head is the hope diamond. Of course, he doesn't get it, or he doesn't want to get it. And here's more irony. He tells me he's got dogs, and he doesn't believe in ever putting them on a leash. And he says, you know why? Here's why. Would you want to be on a leash? I already know the answer.
answer, but just for the heck of it, I ask him, do you bring your dogs out? He says, no, of course not. I can't bring them anywhere. I can't control them. They might knock down a kid or an old woman. Of course, he doesn't hear what he's saying. I said, look, my dog is here with me. I take him lots of places. People don't even notice him. They're happy to see him. Kids can come up and pet him. And he's not locked up in the house all alone by himself. And the reason for this is because he knows the rules. Knowing the rules makes him calm and happy. He knows what I expect of him. And he always gets to come along because of that. Anyway, if you want to pet a strange dog, ask permission and then be mellow about it. Admit it. You love your dog and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio. Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, just went to the bathroom to inject himself with testosterone, apparently. (laughs) Is that healthy? (laughs) Yeah, I do not condone the use of that kind of steroid. Uh, You never know with Vladi. If he's talking the truth or if he's just making crap up. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Yelling today, I think that has something to do with the testosterone. I think when he starts yelling, he he thinks he needs to load up on more testosterone or something. I don't know how that works. (laughs) Let's uh, head to the phones. We have Brian on the phone for Debbie. Dr. Debbie, I'm sorry. Brian, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. What's going on? Yeah, the reason I'm calling is uh, my dog, she's Australian Shepherd Mix, and she's had this scratching problem since her birth, basically. And I've tried every every remedy you can imagine, but I've changed her food. Now, I've recently purchased the grain-free food, and I've given her baths and oatmeal shampoo, and I, I just don't know what to do anymore. She constantly scratches and itches and biting her, you know, her legs. And is there any kind of special uh, shampoo or something I could get for her? Yeah. So now I got to ask, is she having any actual sores, uh, hair loss? Is she got any kind of infections going on? Not that I'm aware of. Not that I can see. And I do check her thoroughly. She's not missing any hair. Like like if she were to have mange or something. No, there's no hair loss. Um, She just constantly itches her back and her hind legs and her uh, her legs, her rear legs. But now where I live is I live in uh, South Texas and there's a lot of flea. And ticks down there, so I do give her an ointment every month. I was giving her uh, Vector 3D, but I can't find that anymore. But now I changed her ointment, but I don't know if the ointment has something to do with it, or I, I don't know well, what's causing it, to be honest. It's been like that all her life. She's like eight years old now. Mm-hmm. Well, two things that I would really work on. One would certainly be very vigilant flea control. So um, sometimes we do have to combine different methods. So there are different topicals that you can use. There's even oral medications as well to help kind of squash that flea life cycle so one bite of a flea will cause persistent itching for a long time so you want to make sure that that is being addressed completely 
secondary to that, when we're talking about diets, there is more to hypoallergenic diets in dealing with pets that have food allergy than just switching the diet or going to grain-free. Grain-free right now is kind of like the big catch-all that all the pet food manufacturers are trying to throw out there. Like that is going to be the cure for pets with allergies. Well, guess what? Dogs can be allergic to other proteins other than grains. So we need to keep that in mind and it may be time to go through your veterinarian and see about using more of a hypoallergenic diet. There are what we call novel protein diets that are um, unique new proteins that the pet's uh, immune system hasn't seen yet. Things like kangaroo, things like rabbit-based diets. Those are kind of some of the more um, new and upcoming novel protein diets. There's another school of thought which is called hydrolyzed protein diets. And these are a little bit more expensive, um, but they sometimes have the best opportunity at capturing and, and dealing with those pets that have food allergies. So those two things would be, if you haven't gone through the prescription level foods and you've just tried buying different ones at the pet store, that would be my recommendation is to get really serious about that dietary management um, and then really tackle that flea control. Um, and it's good that she doesn't have a lot of sores and she doesn't have a lot of other secondary problems. But for me, I always like to do a little skin surface check because it is very common for dogs to have bacterial and yeast infections on top of a chronic skin problem. So they can have allergies and they can also have infections on the surface. So when you ask about sprays and things like that, yeah, I might. Um, but it's really going to depend on what I see on your pet surface. If I pick up an interesting odor, because, you know, Dr. Debbie loves to pick up odors. And sometimes there can be very kind of greasy or oily odors that we can get with some dogs. And we might use more of an anti-seborrhea uh, type shampoo or an anti-greasing shampoo for those pets. So um, a little bit of uh, having that eyes and the nose of the veterinarian um, kind of helping you guide through some of these choices might be really helpful there. And then the final thing, if you're not already doing it, is I love using omega fatty acids. Um, it's a natural anti-inflammatory that can help with not only the hair coat quality and the skin quality, um, but also can help to kind of as a mild anti-inflammatory for the skin. So I, I would add that in as well. What was that last uh, one that you would add in? Excuse me. Omega fatty acids, the fish-based oils, um, which are the okay. natural anti-inflammatory. So you got a lot you can try. I, I think, uh, you know, we can hopefully get your baby a little bit more comfortable. And uh, uh, I would say give her a scratch on the ear, but I don't want to get her scratching for you. <laughs> yeah, it's very heartbreaking for me to see her, you know, scratch like that. And I, I feel like she's in misery, to be honest. But uh, I'll certainly try those uh, things you recommended. I really I really appreciate that. Very good. Thank you for the call. This is Dr. Debbie. All right. We're all waiting here at one 405 8405 Good day, animal lovers. It is time for your resident party animal, and that'd be me, Vinnie Penn. Uh, just hung up the phone with uh, my sister who lives out in Las Vegas. She had to go because she was having what she called a play date with her dog. She has a girlfriend who got uh, the same dog, same time as her. They're, uh, technically, the dogs are uh, brothers. I don't know, brother and sister or sisters. I don't know. I never inquire about the sex of the animal when a dog is introduced into a family. But she said, yeah, we're having a play date with the dogs. And I said, well, this this is a brilliant idea. And she said, yeah, she comes over once a week and we let the dogs play in the yard and then we get to catch up. We also have a yappy hour, she said. And I, and I said, excuse me? She goes, yeah, yappy hour. You know, we, we have drinks. We'll crack open a couple of bottles of wine. 
And I thought to myself, this is not a play date for the dogs. No matter what clever name you come up with, whatever, guys, this is an excuse for you to uh, get drunk with uh, your girlfriend uh, under the ruse that you care about your animals and then um, drive the little guy home drunk. And I've met her friend Anne-Marie before. I could see her propping her dog up in her lap and having that dog steer the car. Yappy hour. Vinnie Penn. Party Animal, Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Hi, this is Jenna Fisher on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animals. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, you've heard of the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts. How about the Dog Scouts of America? They've got badges and campouts, cookie drives, and troops in 22 states. The Dog Scouts of America even has a motto or two as the half-human, half-hound organization goes about the business of doing good deeds. One of the first badges for Jasper, he's a three-year-old collie lab mix, was disaster preparedness. After all, he lives with his owners just southeast of San Francisco, where you have to be aware of earthquakes and other natural disasters. Jasper and his humans belong to Troop 198 in Santa Clara. They've earned 18 badges altogether. Each, the humans said, has made him a better dog. They say if there's an emergency, they know he's going to listen to me. There are 682 dog scouts who belong to 38 troops across the country. The organization has about 80 badges. Dogs aren't required to earn badges beyond the first one for basic obedience and appropriately called the Dog Scout Badge. The Scouts have a couple mottos for humans. Our dogs' lives are much shorter than our own. We should help them enjoy their time with us as much as we can. For dogs, let us learn new things that we become more helpful. Both serve as an inspiration for the group's grossest badge. You can imagine what that is, Clean Up America. It consists of picking up piles left behind by other dogs on trails, parks, and beaches. The organization was founded by Lonnie Olson 13 years ago. You'd like to belong? Membership, 25 bucks a year. Ohio animal owners are roaring over a bill that would institute some strict regulations that could result in many wild animals being taken away from their owners. Animal owners, activists, and pet organizations packed a hearing room in Columbus to testify against Senate Bill 310. It was sponsored by Zanesville Republican Senator Troy Balderson. The bill would uh, create a list of wild animals that would be deemed dangerous, including big cats, bears, some primates, certain types of snakes. The bill would establish stringent permit policies and eliminate the private purchase of dangerous wild animals in the state that would take effect January 1st. The legislation resulted from the tragedy last October near Zanesville, where Terry Thompson led his 56 wild animals loose. Thompson 62 released the grizzly bears, lions and tigers from their cages and then he committed suicide. A Seattle resident, leaving little doubt that he's a huge golf fan, Russ Berkman told sports radio station KJR that he made his dog throw up after he discovered the animal had eaten his tickets to this year's Masters tournament. Berkman returned home one day, discovered that his dog snacked on all four of his tickets. Well, rather than call off his trip, he fed the dog hydrogen peroxide. I guess it's safe for animals. He dug out all the pieces of the tickets from the dog's vomit, 
He then contacted the masters, provided photographic proof. They didn't want him to send the tickets. Understand that. Why? Um, And uh, he attempted to get some new passes. Well, they obliged. As a result, he got to go to the masters and everybody lived happily ever after. I'm Stacey Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. It's Animal Radio. one 405 8405 that is toll free to Dr. Debbie, Vladi, the world famous Russian dog wizard, Joey Volani, dog father, Joey Volani. You always got to put the dog father before that. Animal communicator, Joy Turner or Ernie Rodina. And it's our Earth Day special. Ed Begley Jr. just around the corner. And this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Thundershirt. If your dog or cat is afraid of noises or vet visits or just being left alone, Thundershirt. Constant gentle pressure is the simplest solution for calming them. It's easy to use. It's drug-free. And it only costs $39.95. Pretty good solution. Wow. You can buy yours at pet stores or thundershirt.com. And in fact, let's go ahead and give away one right now at one 405 And let's also go to line four where we have Debbie on the phone for Vlade. Hey, Debbie. Hello. What's going on? Um, well, I have a, she's about seven years old. She's um, part Catahoula and part Chinese Sharpay. And, oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, 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 she's confused at times because she's, you know, yeah. with, part with the Chinese blue, uh, part whatever. With, but, yeah, yeah. But baby, with a blue tongue, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's got a blue tongue and she's got it's the one eye that has, you know, the white eye that they get where yeah. they have no color in their retina. But she, I mean, she's a sweetheart, but my mom kind of helps make this problem a lot worse. My dog, she thinks that she has to always greet somebody with something in her mouth. And at first it started out, she would pick up something and my mom would give her a treat for it, thinking, oh, isn't that cute? Well, now it's caused to where she'll even take something off the table that, you know, she knows she's not supposed to have. And so, so let's do in one sentence. If you could meet one question, that would be, how can I stop my dog from... Picking up things in her mouth that she's not supposed to have. From the floor or from um, the she, table? Uh, she picks them up off the table. She picks them up off the floor. Her favorite thing okay. is dirty socks because she oh thinks she's going to get a treat for it. Okay. Dirty socks, dirty socks or, or dead fish, it is different issues. The dog have a very specific sense, like our Dr. Debbie, you know, she keeps her nose on the kind of bed. But, but she using her nose for the detection of the bad diseases. But the dogs have a completely different um, sense of taste than we humans do. It's a difference, uh, totally different. Sometimes the dogs do it to get human attention. But let's withstand the subject, which is very difficult for Vladi, because uh, Vladi's personality is larger than this world. And I bring analogies <laughs> from different perspectives. Yeah, in our show, we never say, okay, don't say about race. Don't say about politics. Black lab is uh, best, and maybe, you know, chocolate lab is dumb, and uh, we talk about the female's dog better than males, but let's we stick to the point. Well, if it's happening, my last question, please, yes and no. Is it happening in your presence? I guess so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's just a simple, simple, just correct, just remember, just repeat after me. First, we have to learn it. 
Correct. Redirect. Right. Praise. Tell me, Debbie. Correct. correct. Redirect. Praise. Redirect. Yeah. Praise. So correct work. from what you don't want the dog to do. So how we can correct the dog from grabbing the wrong things? You can use one of two approaches. You can toss on the floor like a shaking can, that stupid can every truck trainer were telling you about, which never works. Yeah. And here is how it works. You have to put inside five, six pennies, no dimes, no marvel chips, no beans, no landscaping stones, because people did everything to me. So put it inside, close that hole with a mask, like a, like a tape, and yes. after suddenly, without raising your hand, the dog grabs something, scream, ah, sidewise, next to the dog. When, if I touch your dog's shoulders, that's not a bad thing too, okay? Because that it's imitating. Oh, because you're going in the wrong way. It has not worked. Did it and it doesn't work because you didn't do it properly. Okay, I will not argue with you. Let me tell you what will work for you. Just, just Google the product by name, Pet Convincer. You cannot be wrong with that. You push the button, air like a trigger, aim like a air, just. Pss and startle your dog, okay. I guarantee you that will work. If I were in your living room living room right now, it's not just about tossing on the floor, you have to act. You have to act like a doggy mama, like a good actress. Scream, move forward, invade that personal space, um, lean toward, as you say, freeze after the can is on the floor. Freezing means if you don't stop it, if you don't drop it, I will bite you. It's a dog language, doglish. But of course, if it's still difficult, just, you know what, grab that pet convincer, pet convincer. It's a very cheap, you know, push the button, air comes on the run, that startled the dog, and from that time, redirect to what you want your dog to do. What do you want your dog to do? You want your dog just grab some toy. We always talk on this station about deer, deer antler chew. That's an amazing thing, too, because the dog can play with that. It's a long-lasting toy instead of driving your nuts by grabbing some dirty socks. So, correct, well, she knows, redirect. She knows, what she, can, yeah, she knows what she can have and what she can't have, but she knows that if she gets something she's not supposed to have that she gets a treat for it which has been something my mom has been doing and it's i mean well, you want me correct your mama i mean normally uh, it's really, i know that's what, exactly that's what needs to be done but i yeah. didn't tell her to correct my mom i need to correct the dog too you know, you know. <laughs> You know, that's interesting for me, my friends, without even personal. When sometimes people call to me and I'm hearing like a, like, 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 like a, um, psychic hotline, sometimes people just keep complaining. And if you really wanted to resolve this issue, number one, sit down your mom and look in her eyes and say, Mom, I love you dearly, but here is what it is. I mean, this is the behavior is bothering me, okay? I love you, but I don't want you to do that. I spoke with the world-famous trainer, and he told me you are wrong, okay? And you can give her my phone number. I can talk to her, too. Thank you for calling us. Well, I'll try to see what happens. I'll Nothing to try. You have to do it. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I, when I'm around, I can do it. When I'm around, I can, like be forceful enough and make her drop whatever she has. It's just the point that I mean, she picks up pictures. She picks up everything. It doesn't Debbie, matter. Debbie, your methods do not work, okay? Obviously, the, obviously they don't. Yeah. You know, because you're because you're giving her two dollars ticket for speed violation. That's what. Yeah, that's I hear why. you. Okay, thank you. Okay. 
You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. This is Animal Radio, baby. Let's take one for Dr. Debbie. We have Matt at one 405 8405 Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks. How are you all today? Great. Good. Dr. Debbie, I got a question for you about my about five-and-a-half-year-old golden doodle. All righty. What you got? Well, he had PPLO surgery about six weeks ago. And I was wondering how soon is too soon to... You know, let him go to the groomer and get himself cleaned up. He's kind of a, getting to be a stinky little fella. <laughs> well, so I'm going to have to explain for Hal. TPLO yes, surgery. Yes. <laughs> you were, I knew that question was coming. TPLO surgery is done for dogs that have a ruptured cruciate ligament, uh, which is one of the major ligaments in the knee. So just like a football player that blows out their knee, taking that turn and making that catch, dogs jumping oh. off a couch or catching a frisbee can blow out the knee the same way. So, um, so your doggy ruptured that. Now, how's he getting along post-surgery at this time? You know, the next day he actually walked out of the vet underneath his own power, and wow. he's been doing great. The hardest thing is keeping him him calm. He wants to jump on everything, and uh, uh-huh. I've got to. Yeah, it's that's the hardest part of it. He amazingly is doing well. He did rip out all his stitches after seven days, but or his staples, oh. I should say. I'm not Crazy surprised. Dogs. Does yeah. he have what we? T- <laughs> He, he may have what we term uh, goofy retriever syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I've coined that because I have one myself. He's a goofy retriever. Um, yeah, prone to just trouble. Uh, so, yeah. Are you having difficulty keeping him from doing things at this point now, huh? Yeah, we really are. Um, we, we do... We had taken our, our half of our bed and put it downstairs as to keep him off the stairs, you know, and stuff uh-huh. like that. But now we are walking him up the stairs on the lead. We've never had to harness his back, but we are having a hard time keeping him down. Like when he sees other dogs out the window, he wants to run around the living room. Kind of hard to slow him down. Yeah. And when he wants to go real fast, he just lifts the leg up and then hops around on three. It's kind of hysterical, but, you know. <laughs> He takes the the slow leg out from underneath him, and then he can really move. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> that's go fast mode. Yeah. Well, with a dog that recovers from a TPLO surgery, normally the healing time we're looking at about two to three months out, and about eight weeks after the surgery is when ideally we ought to get an X-ray to see how the bone is healing, um, because there is a mm-hmm. plate involved with that, and we want to make sure that there's good healing callus of that bone there. Um, that might make some difference in whether or not we want to give you a kind of free reign to get into some of the grooming activities. Um, I'd have to say because he has goofy retrievers 
syndrome, <laughs> then, you know, we might push that back as far as we can for your typical standard type grooming. Um, that being said, there are some dogs that I have to get some kind of grooming done, whether they're just stinky, dirty from, you know, being post-surgery or what have you. If we do have to get him to a groomer or do a home bathing, there are some precautions that I would do. And, and one is to use a non-stick uh, mat in the bathing tub um, because that's very important. We don't want him slipping and losing his footing in any way. Um, and jumping in and out of a tub is a horrible thing for a dog after this type of surgery. So if possible, we'd try to either do this. Um, I, I've even bathed some dogs um, in our dog runs at the office um, where we don't have to even worry about the up and down. And that helps to kind of make us feel better about that whole experience. Um, and then, uh, you know, know your dog and know your groomer. Um, if if it seems like it's a something that they can pull off without risk of injury, um, you know, then it may be okay. But uh, for a lot of these really uh, silly, uh, exuberant uh, retrievers, I, I would push off the, the true grooming until we're cleared by the doctor that everything's healed. Okay. No, that, that sounds good. You know, I could deal with most of it. It's just his face is getting kind of crusty, and I wasn't sure how to handle that. <laughs> getting all stiff. And, yeah. But, uh, now, my dogs, they love a good hot rag on their face, and I call it the doggy spa. So they come and I get the hot, warm <laughs> towels, and I put on their face, and they push and shove and push their way up. They get their ears clean and get the doggy spa. So, you know, even something as simple as that may make uh, make him feel good. And, you know, just like us, yeah. you got to look good to feel good. So, Absolutely. Uh, you, know. you know, and consequently, Dr. Debbie, this is the one I called you on about two and a half months ago that I wanted to get a second opinion on him. I thought it was a bad diagnosis, and it did turn out that it was. You were right. I'm glad oh. I did. I did go get that second opinion, and good. I'm glad awesome. I did. Awesome. Great to hear. Isn't she the well, best good. doctor around? That's why we... Come, oh. come here. Give me a... <laughs> All right. Oh, well, you. He's giving well. me noogies here. <laughs> a lot of love in the room right now. one 405 Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Judy is just running the studio with another question. This is from Sammy. This is also for Vladi. Wow, Vladi's getting all the questions. I have a seven-year-old Min Pin with uh, Min Pin and a six-year-old Dobie. Dobie, what is that? Oh, Doberman. Okay. Six-year-old Doberman. I'm a month away from having my first baby, and I was wondering, what is the best way to introduce my new baby to the family? Well, the best way to introduce the baby to the new family, you need to, before you bring the baby, you need to bring uh, baby's diapers and let the dog sniff it. And um, yeah, and another cute way would be to record the baby's cry, you know, in the hospital and bring it in and play them play and let them sniff both. And the next best way would be when you come home with the new baby, simultaneously give your puppies and, you know, both of them and dog and puppy a new set of toys. Number one, you will distract them with that instead of them jumping all over of you. And uh, number two, to create positive perception with this new baby arrival. Um, of course, best advice would be train the puppy and the older dog prior to bringing the baby because that will really sharply increase, uh, decrease any um, problems in this connotation. 
Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Mazda Motorsports announced the newest addition to its motorsports program by unveiling an all-new Mazda 3 TCR race car. The Mazda 3 TCR will hit the racetrack as part of the 2020 IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, beginning with a four-hour endurance challenge. It's powered by a turbocharged four-cylinder engine producing 350 horsepower and will use a paddle shifter six-speed transmission. To find your new Mazda 3, see our reviews at ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And your dream team, Ernie Rodina answering your horse questions, animal communicator Joy Turner bridging that gap, dog father Joey Villani telling you how to groom your animals. Vladdy, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, fixing those most vexing dog issues. And Dr. Debbie helping you with your veterinary medical questions. Thank you. A lot of people ask you about their human questions, too. I noticed you were in the hallway with our sales manager answering questions about a goiter or something. You, you know you're only licensed for animals, right? You know, I get that all the time where people are, you know what? I kind of like you better than my human doctor. Yeah. Can you, give me, can you get a look at this mole on my back? I'm like, oh my God, uh, no, keep your clothes on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is uh, Animal Radio's Carbon Paw Print special today. I guess who's going to be on the season of stars? Nobody more appropriate than Ed Bagley Jr. Oh, he's such a big conservative guy. He saves all kinds of electricity and everything. He's very carbon paw print friendly. He has a bus pass, I believe, and he, an L.A. bus pass, and I he actually know. uses it. Can you imagine being an actor and using a bus pass, traveling around <laughs> on the... He took out his lawn in L.A. and everything. <laughs> he tells us he spends $300 a year on utilities. On electricity, Wow. We do that wow. in a day here. Stacy Cohen working hard in the newsroom. What's going on? You know, it was just a Girl Scout cookie season, and it's tough to deny those Girl Scouts uh, to buy those cookies. What about Dog Scouts? Dog Scouts of America. Is your dog a Dog Scout of America? Sure. Well, they have troops all over this country. Do they have now cookies? Do Dog Scouts sell thin mints? Yeah. yeah. Doggy mints. No mints for you, Joey. You're on a diet now, okay? Yep, 48 pounds. Holy oh, moly. Wow. That's yeah. a... Wow. Eight pounds in a week you've lost there, it seems like. Yeah, you know what? It, it, I was at a plateau, and then, bang, it all came off. But I'm on my um, third set of pants size. That's the only thing I don't like. Yeah, me too. I've lost money. 23 pounds for me. And oh. you look it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. one 405 Oh, I wanted to mention this before we got into the show, Heads Deep here. Brand new Animal Radio app. If you miss any part of the show Ooh. today, you can download the app for your smartphone. It's uh, wow. Android friendly and iPhone friendly. So wow. Check that out How if you exciting. have a chance. What's going on, Anthony? How you doing today? Doing good. Great. Got a question. Got a question. How you doing, Dr. Debbie? Hey, I'm pretty good. What can I help you with? I've got a 19-year-old Australian Shepherd uh, named Grady. She's my little baby. And I have her on a Remedial every day. Okay. Um, she's got arthritis. You know, she's 19, but she still gets around pretty good. And I'm just concerned with the Remedial 
I tried to glue clostamine and some other stuff, and none of it seems to really work. Uh-huh. Uh, with that, I know it's not good for liver, but, you know, it gives her a good quality of life. So what would you recommend yeah. me do? Keep her on the Remedil or try to find some alternate? You know what? I want to know what you have in your water because if you have a 19-year-old dog, yeah, that's amazing. That is phenomenal. Um, so kudos to you. I mean, you're doing something right there. And, you know, I think the important thing is when we use pain relievers that are in that class, such as Rimadyl, the non-steroid-based pain relievers, we really just have to make sure we're doing a couple things. One is make sure we're not causing any harm. So there, yes, there is potential for causing problems, but I want to make sure in a 19-year-old dog, we don't already have some problems. So if you haven't already had some basic lab work done, that might be something just to check, because sometimes we'll adjust the dosage or the dose frequency if a pet does have some of those kind of other issues. But it comes down to quality of life when you're 19-year-old dog. Um, so I'm all a fan of using everything at our in our arsenal. So that might include glucosamine. So don't abandon that. That can help. Um, okay. But it's not going to be in replacement of something like Remedil. So you, you're going to want to use that in conjunction with Remedil. And if she's tolerating that and her lab work looks great, hey, I'm all for it. I'd keep up with it. Um, and, you know, there's, there's even other things you can do beyond that. Um, you know, there's acupuncture. Um, so if she tolerates things like that or massage that can be very helpful for dogs just to keep them moving and uh, really just keeping her you know in good activity so if she still can make it around the backyard or make it around the block um, we want to keep her doing that keep that muscle tone up that's really important okay well she gets acupuncture once a month and she really, I mean it really seems to help him quite a bit you know as far as his movement so he, yeah. he does get acupuncture and uh like you say, you know, great appetite, uh, gets, you know, gets a physical, you know, like twice a year and just doing great. So I just, you know, I just was kind of, you know, balancing quality of life over, you know, damage to the liver. But I think I'll pretty much just keep on doing what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, it if, sounds if you like you are... If you think it's a good idea... Oh, I sure do. I mean, it sounds like you're tackling a little bit of everything to help manage pain. So, yeah, you know, there are, we have to be aware, there are side effects with some of these medicines. But if the overall good is outweighing that risk, you know, that's what we got to look at. And keeping your pet comfortable, moving in those golden years is really um, what I focus on. And just be aware, you know, if you start to notice any concerns or issues, that should get that red flag up and, you know, get that vet a call and see if you have any other issues going on. Okay, doctor. Well, thank you so much. How did you get this dog to? To, the, to this great shape up to 19 years old. What did you do? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I was actually riding down the road and it, when I was a puppy and it was ran over by the car okay. in front of me and I picked it up and took it to a vet and I, you know, I thought it was, was going to die and the vet sent me to carry to a uh, you know, vet hospital. They put the dog back together and you know that was 19 years ago and it just lived a, a great life. How could you manage her to be in such a great health up to 19 years old? Are you feeding her gold or what the dog food are you using? <laughs> I just feed her a very high uh, protein. I keep on a high protein diet. You see? The dog's, the dog's just amazing, you know. Just uh, feed it really well, uh, exercise. We go walking every good, night. Good, good. Thanks for your call today, Anthony. We appreciate you listening to Animal Radio. Thank you so much, and I really enjoy your show. Thank you. So do I. Okay, sir. I even get a check for it, too. Thanks. (laughs) Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people.
people too. They're fighting over a ferret at a San Antonio university. Sarah Sevick asked the Justice Department to find Our Lady of the Lake University in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act because they won't let her keep Lily, her service ferret, on campus. The school doesn't allow ferrets, but Sarah says her ferret is much more than a furry friend. 19-year-old Sarah suffers from panic attacks, and before getting Lily the ferret, Sarah was unable to keep a job and had to drop out of college. Lily is a registered service ferret that helps Sarah focus on something other than panicking. The school is afraid the ferret might bite another student, and the Justice Department is now reviewing the case. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey, it's Vinny Penn coming at you with another party animal installment on Animal Radio. Well, we did it. For those of you who uh, who listen to these uh, segments of mine here, I uh, told you a ways back that my five-year-old daughter, Stella, she's ready for a pet. She was ready. We looked at a lot of different pets. I wanted to start her off with, with the fish. Oh, as a matter of fact, she actually had um, uh, already, she's had a turtle and a frog, but they've since moved on. And it was time to get her another. But I wanted to start her with uh, a fish. I think that's the good starting point for any four, five, six-year-old. We went to the pet store and we picked out just the most beautiful pink fish. Stella picked her out herself, picked out a great one. We got the nice little aquarium and she dressed it up and decorated it really nicely. We went down to the beach earlier that morning. She picked out a beautiful rock to put in the tank. We were all set up. She looks at the fish. And it's called a, a, a beta fish, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, B-E-T-T-A. So it's, it's not essentially a goldfish. I don't know. This was kind of a new terrain for me, even though I had goldfish when I was a kid. I think they were goldfish. I had two, Cheech and Chong. Uh, but this was called a beta fish, beta fish. Nonetheless, Stella looks at her and says, I want to call her Magnolia. And it was really a moving moment. I looked at my daughter and I thought, that name is... Is fantastic. We can call her Maggie for short. And she smiled. She thought that was a great idea. We got in the car with the little carrying case for the fish. And Stella stared at her the whole way home and was saying, I love you, Magnolia. I love you, Magnolia. We got home, transferred her into her new home, dressed it up. And Stella was looking at her and she said, she's so beautiful. Daddy, thank you so much for buying me dandelion. And I said, dandelion? What happened to Magnolia? And she said, no, I, I changed her name. I want to call her Dandelion. And I said, well, all right. If we, you know, dandy for sure. That kind of works. Go with that. I, dandelion it is. Not too long afterwards, uh, one of my aunts comes over. First thing Stella wants to do is take her to see the fish. She says, you got to come with me. You got to come and see my fish. She runs over to see the fish, and I hear my aunt, who's 91 years old, say, hey, that looks just like Nemo. Magnolia, who had become Dandelion, had now become Nemo. So I have to sit Stella down and say, Stella, look, we can't keep changing the name. It would be like all of a sudden today if I just started calling you Sarah, to which Stella replies, I like that name, Sarah. I go to school with a Sarah. I want to name the fish Sarah this point, I'm a little bit out of my mind. I'm confused. I don't know which way is up. 
I don't know if it, is it a girl. I always heard girls were fickle, but this was bringing it to new heights. Suffice it to say that this morning, as I'm leaving to come and, and cut these segments, I say to Stella, I'm going to go and talk about Sarah the fish today. And she said, what kind of fish is it anyway? I, you, I heard you telling someone that it, it wasn't really a goldfish. I said, well, daddy's learning as he goes, same as you. I think it's called a beta fish or a betta fish. And Stella says, all right, daddy, we'll go and tell everybody about Betty then. <laughs> Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. (laughs) Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Love you all over. Come here, kitty, 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 kitty. It's Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Hal Abrams with you. Judy Francis is screening your calls. And Doc- I'm watching Hal over there with this kitty. Yeah, come I, on. Okay. Well, thank God he's calling the cat. I thought he was trying to get me to go, come here, come here. We have a call for Vlade and Bob. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, Bob. Well, this pup, six-month-old female English bulldog, bites constantly that's it's not an aggressive biting it's playing but man she is like just fierce with biting and the question is why and what you can do first of all why because your dog bob bob i got your point bob i got your point listen please your dog bites because your dog is no better than your country American Mastiff running around of international pack and picking on Chihuahuas and uh, Yorkies like Libya, Syria. And you know why? Because they can. And nothing can happen in return. The same thing your dog. He will continue to act this way unless someone will not bite him back. And here is my solution to you. Number one. I would put really good obedience training on your dog. You can do yourself. You can do with an, with a good trainer who believes in discipline, not just with the bribing with the food. You got to put pinch collar on your dog and teach him walk properly, do all obedience commands first, because that will set up the tone of your relationship where you're the boss and your dog is follower. That would be number one I would do. Number two, when you've done it, and your puppies continue acting this way, you can directly address this problem. How? I'm going to give you three, four solutions right now, at least three, and uh, I would escalate. If something doesn't work first, I will go on to the next one. So grab the pencil and pen or pen, and uh, if you can, if you cannot, just listen. Solution number one. I will go to your local hardware store. Don't worry, I'm not asking about buying two by four, but I will ask you to buy clothesline, like a rope, very thin, like a shoelace. 
to give your dog feeling of being on its own. I would attach this, that piece of the rope to your dog's pinch collar and let the dog run around with this stuff. And after that, I will set up the issue, whatever issue could be. Whatever your dog gets a little bit nippy. Look, at this, at this age, he's not going to bite hard, and I'm sure you're not talking about he didn't put anyone in the hospital or did any, you know, bad harm. You're probably talking about just puppy nipping a little bit, mouthing like this. Am I right? Uh, pretty close, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I came. English bulldog, they're big babies. Okay, so at any given, I don't care what that situation could be, uh, your daughter moving its hands or you moving its hands or whatever situation could be somebody touching his head, go for it and have attitude. Make my day. Make sure rope needs to be slack as you're setting the issue up and when he just even think to turn its head toward you, your, or somebody's hand, you suddenly scream ah, and snap the rope, which will create bite around the neck like a doggy mama. Take it tips from the doggy mama. Look, you should never, listen up, please. You should never pull. You should snap like a snatch it, snap and let it go. If you're gonna pull, you, it's gonna get worse. You have to snap and let it go. Once you've done it, turn 100, 180 around and just say, good boy, and give him cheese or treats. And after use okay. your hand again, wave your hand, set this issue up again, at least few times to win and do it every day. Like, you don't need to snap him if he doesn't do anything, but every day I would ask him, oh, you want to do it to me again? Go ahead, make my day. If he doesn't, give him cheese or treats. And if he does, snap the rope. And I would have that rope on him, dragging behind him for a while for the maybe one, two week. Next, if that's you will have a problem or it doesn't work for you, you can use compressed air device by name, Pet Convincer. If he touch okay. inappropriately anyone, you push the trigger, air comes out. It's a 25 or 35 bucks, work like a magic, and that's going to startle him. But again, correct, redirect, and praise. Say good boy after that as nothing happened. Remember, doggy mama growls. She says one time after she snaps and after she licks and no one goes to the jail, that's it. Because their culture don't have puppy protection agency, my friend. Well, right. if you've done everything, and let me tell you the last approach. But this one, I would never suggest you do yourself. I would get some trainer. I would check International Association of Canine Professional because this one a little bit tricky. But if nothing works, I would put electronic color on your dog. And I would do the same thing. You try to mouth someone else, I just push the button. Just zap his butt one time, slightly, and are you done with this? That would be very simple. She was taken early from her mother. Is that probably part of the cause here? It is would be cause if the aggression would be toward another dogs, not toward the people. If it were another dogs, that's the problem. You're absolutely right. If it goes toward the humans, it has no relation. Okay, I got you. Okay. Right, well, Thank gonna, you so I'm much. Oh, nothing, it's gonna work. 
Oh, I, I okay. hope so. I, I've listened, I listen to you every week, and I, I have faith in you. That's what I told. This is the full proven solutions. This is the real things. I cannot tell you how many times I will receive right now emails with this. Oh, you cannot do this. Oh, you cannot do it. You can. Thank, Thank you. you so much for calling us. Seems like you're yelling today. His energy is high. <laughs> A lot of testosterone. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-570-6630. 800-570-6630. That's 800-570-6630. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. There's a new study that supports the stress-reducing benefits of bringing your dog to work and to play with, to look at, and pet while you're working. According to Virginia Commonwealth University study, having a dog at work not only reduces the owner's stress level, but also increases the level of job satisfaction for other employees as well. The study was published in the International Journal of Workplace Health Management. Dogs in the workplace can make a positive difference, said head researcher Randolph T. Barker, the differences in perceived stress between days the dog was present and absent were pretty significant. The employees as a whole had higher job satisfaction than industry norms. According to the Humane Society of the U.S., there are numerous benefits to having dogs at work, including improved staff morale, worker productivity, and camaraderie among employees. Well, here's some dogs that uh, kind of got out in a different way. You know, usually it's who let the dogs out. Who let them drive this time? <laughs> parking lot fender benders might not be that uncommon, but parking lot fender benders caused by a trio of dogs, that's a different matter, according to insurance reports. A group by an unnamed woman recently returned from a shopping trip at the mall to discover that her car had been hit by a car that was apparently driven by three dogs. She later learned that the owner of the car had left it running with animals inside. They somehow managed to put it in gear. The woman took pictures of the accident, explaining she never thought anybody would believe the story if there wasn't some evidence. The insurance company, however, says the incident's been recognized as legitimate, and uh, they're going to be able to collect on that insurance. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Radio, you lucky dog. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with our dream team. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Vladi, the world famous Russian dog wizard. Dog father, Joey Volani. Animal communicator, Joey Turner. And our horse expert, Ernie Rodina. And since it is our carbon paw print special, it seems perfectly appropriate for the season of stars. We continue with Ed Begley Jr. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. How many animals do you have? Right now, we have one wonderful dog that's a rescue, Bernie, that we got for Bark and Bitches on Fairfax. They uh-huh. find out when these dogs are on their final day at the pound, and they take them, of course, and save them from the gallows there. And they uh, you know, put an ad on the Internet, a little you know, picture of them and what have you. My wife saw this wonderful dog, because we had this dog, Molly, 
for about 15 years, I think. And she wow. was a great dog that we got from some friends that couldn't have her anymore in a new house or apartment they had or something. So we had her. She was five. We got her. We had her maybe 13 years. She was about 18 years old, and she finally passed away. Wow. So, uh, but we got Bernie now. I had a dog. I'm sorry. I had a cat, too. I got it a New York City east side uh, shelter rescue. I got that wonderful cat in 95 and had him till just about a year or a year and a half ago great cat but so we got bernie the one dog and we got three feral cats on the roof that i've managed to have a heart trap all of them and get them all fixed so there won't be a population explosion on the roof in the 90s yeah you don't want that happening on your roof too don't want no well you know everybody knows that you are really environmentally conscious we're seeing you have a a going green show and you're always talking i'm following your twitter feed you're always talking about great ways to stay environmentally conscious what are you doing for your animals animals to keep them environmentally conscious and green. Well, one good thing we can all do, like many folks, I'm out there protesting when they're going to put a hazardous waste site near some friend's house or my house, but the worst hazardous waste site is not near our house, it's in our house in some cases. Uh-huh. We have all these cleaning supplies that uh, are often quite toxic. So, avoid that stuff as best you can. There are non-toxic alternatives, and you know, when you put these chemicals on the carpet, sometimes <laughs> sometimes all the time the dogs and cats are rolling around on it, mm-hmm. and so they get a big dose for their body weight. They get a big dose of that stuff, ammonia, chlorinated hydrocarbons, stuff that you can't pronounce, some bad stuff. So, avoid that as best you can. There are wonderful non-toxic alternatives. Use those. That's a good first start. I'm always opening up those cans for the cat food. And I, I'm thinking, those are a lot of cans every day, three or four cans. What I do with those, we're lucky in L.A. We have a blue bin, which is mixed waste, and those cans are aluminum. And so there's a coating in them, but that they don't seem to mind that. They take mm-hmm. that with the rest of aluminum. But you have to, with a small amount of water, because L.A. and Phoenix and other cities Water comes at a great environmental cost. I use a little bit of water, and I clean that can out so that it doesn't have a lot of food in it. If you have the cat food still in it, some residue, they will reject it. And aluminum is not the good things, too. It's, it can create a mental impairment. Exactly. Impairing. You don't want to be chewing, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> aluminum is not good for us. Uh, it's you know, not A lot of good. people are, uh, you know, careful about cooking in aluminum, too. It's better to cook in stainless steel, I think. Uh, I love so you. you avoid that as best you can. I think that's I maybe you. why they put the coating on the can. I don't know about that. Exactly, exactly. In America, so many people will think you're nuts, but uh, I'm even more nuts than you do. In the European Union, we have a much strict um, uh, legis- legislation regarding using chemicals in different uh, in different uh, ways. For instance, if someone in Europe would be producing those um, uh, vegetables like we have it here, like we have no taste, full of chemicals like tomato and cucumbers, they would be in the jail. And uh, interesting enough for me to see, when I go to, let's say, to pick up some coffee or some uh, maybe hot meal, do you know what they're doing here? Hmm. They're putting them in the plastic container, and people just take it. They think it's okay. People, this is the cancer-spreading activities. We're dying like a flies from the cancer and asking why. Ask this man. He will tell you why. Mm. It's true. Uh, putting, like even letting a water bottle, which I stopped using years ago, those plastic water bottles. I don't buy bottled water. To leave that in the sun, even with that amount of heat, those bad chemicals escape into the water. To heat something, to have really hot food in plastic, very bad. I would agree with them. There's something called uh, bisphenols, BPAs, very bad stuff. Oh it's in a gosh. lot of plastic. Avoid that as best you can. Stay away from it. 
Uh, and, you know, I just, uh, I years ago converted to a metal water bottle, and I just fill it up. I have wonderful filtered water at home from the tap. You know that uh, I have a filtration system in the house, and, and so I, I fill that up and take that around. That lasts me uh, a whole day. If I need more than one, I bring two of them. Wow. And, you know, we were talking last week with Doug Gray from the Marshall Tucker Band. He says the one thing he hates about his Persian cat is that there's so much hair that it gets caught in his refrigerator fan, and it, mm. it, it runs. And that same thing happens with your filters for uh, your, your heat filters and yeah. your air conditioning. You can make them run kind of slow, huh? You, you certainly should, A, Change those filters for your heating and air unit, a forced air heating or air, whatever kind of air conditioning system or heating system you have, that filter should be changed regularly. Certainly if you have one or more or a lot of cats or dogs with that dog and cat hair. The other thing, the refrigerator, it makes it labor all the harder if you have a bunch of hair, dust kittens all over the back of that coil around the compressor. You want to clean that out regularly, roll <laughs> that fridge kittens. out, clean that, uh, you know, those uh, dust kittens out and uh, your fridge. And indeed, changing the filter will make your air conditioner work much better, too. I understand animal communicator Joy Turner has been actually talking to your dog during this interview. I have, and Ed Bernie is so completely delighted. He says he has just one question for you, and that is, how did you choose him out of all of the dogs you could have had? How did he get to be that lucky? I'll tell you exactly what happened. We had a dog just before Bernie, looked kind of similar, kind of a Bichon poodle mix, very cute dog before Bernie. And uh, the dog was one of those nippers that would draw blood. Oh. Uh, not just uh, with uh, me a little bit, uh, with my daughter and her friend. After three strikes, uh, you know, we had a, with great pain, we tried to retrain this other dog, a female. It didn't take. And so we, with as much love and compassion as we could, brought it back. They said, okay, we'll, we'll take the dog back. And how about another dog? And we saw Bernie went, how's this dog? Uh, is he a nipper? No. And, uh, and so we got Bernie, and, uh, and Bernie is just this loving, wonderful dog. You Here's see, when a guy closed the door and you, he opened the window. I heard rumors that you pay around $300 a year in electric bills. And That's also, old news. When I was single, I got it down to $100 a year Whoa. one year when I was single. But I'll be quite honest, that was you know freezing in the winter and boiling in the summer. I then started dating a wonderful young lady, Rochelle Carson. Went up to about $300 a year when that was reported. Then we had a baby and more laundry and other things and another person in the house. It was up to 600 a year. It's probably six or 700 now, but let me in full disclosure tell you what that includes. It's running a house for three people. It is running a mini TV studio with bright lights with people coming, filming all the wow. time. And it is charging an electric vehicle 10,000 miles a year. So 300 days a year, I'm either in my electric car, I'm on public transportation in LA, on my bike or walking. I'm only 60 some odd days a year in what is normal to a lot of people. Uh, uh, internal combustion car, in my case, a Prius. Oh, wow. Okay. How do you toast your bread? I can toast it just by putting it in the toaster. But what we demonstrated on the show, I have this uh, electric bike, if you will, that is electric in reverse. That is to say, rather than riding around on electric battery, it uh -huh. charges the solar batteries that I have in my garage. So we demonstrated uh, 15 minutes of very hard riding was enough to toast toast. I could also run a light bulb all day or a computer all day. It was a demonstration, and I can run a light bulb, a computer, or a toaster without riding the bike. Hey, listen, we need to take a quick break. I'm wondering if you could stick around. Sure. Okay, we're with Ed Begley Jr. It's our Going Green with Your Pets special right here on Animal Radio. Stick around. Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love animal radio. 
please help every way you can to make life better for our animals, like the Morris Animal Foundation does. If you're without dental insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. You can save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit, all for as little as $7 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And for a limited time, get one month free. 800-672-9202. 800-672-9202. That's 800-672-9202. Fees annually plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider plans and code. Consult with plan details page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. The following program is a repeat of an earlier broadcast. Oh, what did he say? He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. Ed Begley Jr. is joining us for our Animal Radio Carbon Paw Print Special. Now, Ed was green before green was cool. That was back in the 70s when Earth Day started, huh? It was 1970. Uh, Gaylord Nelson uh, came up with the idea of Earth Day, and my friend Dennis Hayes was one of the organizers for that first Earth Day. And I uh, was not there in the Mall of Washington, but I was in L.A. and did my part with L.A. Earth Day activities. And what I did was I started recycling. I started composting. I even bought an electric car. And all that stuff I quickly learned I was doing for the green of the planet was also good good for that other green, which is money. I was saving money <laughs> sure. doing all of it, so I certainly stuck with it. Did people think you were crazy doing all this stuff? Oh, definitely. To ride around an electric car in 1970, a slow little thing. I'm being quite grand when I say a car. We're talking about a golf cart with a windshield wiper and a horn. You know, it was a very <laughs> modest vehicle that went very slow. But I, uh, you know, I want to do my part to clean up the L.A. smog, and I quickly surmised that it was much cheaper than buying gasoline to plug it in the wall, and it was, of course, much cheaper to maintain. There was no tune-up or oil change or fan belt or radiator flush or smog wow. check or valve job. Very cheap car. Uh, people these- what are you driving now? I have a RAV4 electric that I bought a decade ago. It's also very cheap because I'm charging it on the solar at my house, and it's also uh, you know, very easy to maintain. There's no tune-up oil change or anything like that on that is either. There's a lot of controversy right now whether or not climate change is for real. I would just urge people to go to the NASA website. Just type in NASA climate. Those two words. Go to NOAA, National Geographic, their website. These are people that really don't have a dog in the race. I don't see what, you know, uh, and forgive me for making a dog racing reference. We don't go to dog races, but you know the reference I'm making. Sure. Uh, they don't have anything at stake here. So NASA climate will tell you that CO2 is going up, temperatures going up, sea levels are rising, sea ice is going down, and all that stuff is there on their website with a ticker like the national debt that's a clock that's kind of, you can see it going up and, uh, and all the numbers are quite there. So even if there's some natural system that is doing some part of this warming that is definitely occurring, everybody agrees it's occurring, if it's some natural cycle, why would you add to it to put more blankets on the greenhouse? The blankets are CO2. Why add to it? Keep it down to a minimum, and at the very least, you're going to do three things that nobody, I think, would dispute. Uh, you know, that is, we have dirty air in our cities. Let's clean it up. 
We use way too much money on foreign oil, $350 billion with a B a year. Let's end that, and let's put money in our pockets. We can, we can save money by being energy efficient. Let's do those three things, and in so doing, we will help this fight against climate change. Hmm. When it comes to our animals and reducing the carbon paw print, there are some pretty simple things we can do, like grooming your pet regularly and using organic shampoos. You know, you want to use the, the healthiest shampoos and uh, other products like that on your pet. You don't want to use some of these toxic things. So, uh, you know, there are people out there that make wonderful products for pets. I have a line of non-toxic cleaning products called Begley's Earth Responsible Products. There are others out there. You please use any of them. If you're on a serious budget, as I was in 1970, I use vinegar and water for a lot of stuff to clean up. I, oh. I still use it a bit on wow. some things. You know, uh, I use uh, baking soda to clean up instead of getting exactly. out the Bonami. I never use the harsh stuff like Comet that has, you know, some stuff that I don't want in it. But, you know, Bonami is the uh, the stuff I keep under the sink and I have for four years because I use it so rarely. I mostly use simple baking soda to get those stains out of the clay sink. When that doesn't work, then I go for the Bonami. Oh, you made friends with Vlade here who's always talking about vinegar and water. It's great. Yeah, uh, yeah because because what he's telling us, you know, well, you, he's acting like a typical Russian wife, you know? He didn't have a lecture <laughs> of many, keep, many chemicals, and she could, she could make the soup with three components, which is potato, water, and pot. You know? I love it. That's a cooking <laughs> pot, by the way, not... not. <laughs> <laughs> he always translated. He always... Because I still have a Michigan accent because I originally from Michigan. People sometimes not related. So people, when using shampoo, look for the bad ingredients. Number one, sodium lurate sulfate. Avoid that one. Joe, don't look at me like yeah, that. I know you don't a, have in yeah. your product line this one. Your product line can be found at Begley'sBest.com. Correct. For now, we've had them in... Uh, a chain of stores in the L.A. area called Gelson's, and now we just got an order from Whole Foods, so we'll be in Whole Foods again soon. But you can find them, you can buy them online at Begley'sBest.com, and they're great products. They're non-toxic. They clean great. If you want something that level above uh, vinegar and water and baking soda, which I, uh, <laughs> like Vlad, uh, urge people to start with that stuff. If you want something to cut above that that does a few other things, get uh, get my products. They're very good. Okay, we'll put a link over at the website there at animalradio.com for those of you driving along right now want to learn a little more about Ed Begley's line. We'll also put your Twitter address and all that information. You are always tweeting about all these great products that are great for the environment, and uh, we truly appreciate that. Ed Begley Jr. joining us. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me on. That's it for the show today. If you missed any part of it, you can check out the podcast at animalradio.com, and don't forget to like us on Facebook and pick up on some of the goodies that we have over there, simply by liking us at facebook.com slash animalradio, or get your tweet on. Our Twitter account is, of course, Animal Radio, and we send out uh, alerts if there's any kind of recalls. Whatever news you can use, it's over at Twitter and Animal Radio. For the entire Dream Team, thanks for listening to Animal Radio. We'll catch you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
From the Red Barn Studios, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joy Villani, news director Lori Brooks, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. That is The Who's It's Not Enough, and it was co-written by our next guest. She is the wife of Pete Townsend, but I probably won't be mentioning that again because she is an incredible musician on her own right and a big animal lover. Rachel Fuller joining us. Set the scene. Are, are you sitting around with a bunch of dogs on your lap and Pete's cooking? No, I'm not. No. I'm, I'm Pete's on tour in the U.S. with the band, um, so we're staying in L.A. in a hotel, and I'm sitting in his study room surrounded by all his computers and gadgets and do you get inspired to go over and mess with his gadgets no i'm not very good with gadgets (laughs) i leave all the gadgets to him i'm i'm a terrible luddite i don't even like to play um an electric piano really i like a real piano but he's he's very up to the mark with it all yeah you've been playing piano since uh six years old right Uh, a little bit older than that i started when i was about nine but still quite young that Wikipedia just, uh, it didn't have it right there. But it does say there that you spent a lengthy stint as an organist in a funeral home. That is true. Where you performed is- 11 times a day? I did. I mean, on a good day, we would do 11 funerals, and I was playing for the services. So um, I worked there for about two years. So I think probably I added it up once. I must have played for about two, two and a half thousand funerals. Wow. And what is, what is that like? Because it's not a real audience that, um, you know, they're not going to be applauding you afterwards. No, definitely not. Um, it, 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 I, I suppose because I was working, I had to be fairly detached from, from what was going on emotionally. Um, it was a strange thing to do. I think looking back, I'd have been much better off working at McDonald's or, you know, a, a clothing store. But that's where I ended up working. And um, it was, but it felt like a service. It felt like a privilege, really, I suppose, to be playing music for something so important. Sure, sure. You uh, are an animal lover. That's my favorite thing about you is you are an animal lover. And I'm not for animals. Yes. I know that... Um, I know that you used to have a dog named Whistle, named after John Antwistle. That's true. And, That's but true. That was, that was uh, 11 years ago, so he's probably gone to the dog park in the sky, I imagine. Well, this was a while ago. It was actually longer than that. It was uh, 14 years ago. It was Pete's 60th birthday, and a friend of ours, Jerry Hall, um, said to me, what can I get Pete for his birthday? What can I get Pete for his birthday? And Pete, we'd always had sort of big dogs, and Pete had always wanted a Yorkshire Terrier because he was childhood friends with um, John Entwistle. Sorry, I'm just doing thing. Um, sorry, he just came in. Um, yeah, he was he was childhood friends with uh, John Entwistle, and John's mother always had Yorkshire Terriers. Uh-huh. So Pete had a sort of nostalgic fondness for them, and I was a bit like, oh, I don't know, they're really small and yappy, and like, you know, I preferred <laughs> a big dog that you could sort of get into bed and spoon. Um, but anyway, I thought, yeah, you know, I should, I should, I should let him have, you know, what he wants. So Jerry bought this little. Um, Yorkshire Terrier called Whistle, who immediately sort of became my shadow and, you know, followed me to the toilet and slept by my head for 13 years. And we lost her last October, so it's just been a year. Oh, really? Okay. Is there any uh, furry animals in the house now? Oh, we have four. Four? Okay, what kind of dogs? We have dogs, yeah. We have dogs. We have um, an Irish Terrier called Tuppence, and we have a mutt that we rescued um, from Antigua. 
And then we have two little ones. We have a Yorkshire Terrier called Peanut. Because I just, after we lost Whistle, I, I managed for a while. And then I said to Pete, I, I can't live without something following me to the toilet. And, you know, <laughs> following me around the house. And they're such a character. Um, so we got Peanut. And we also have uh, a mutt who's sort of part Yorkshire Terrier, part Chihuahua, part Rottweiler called Pudding. Ah. You said that they sleep in bed. So I imagine you spoil them, right? They're really spoiled. I mean, the big girls don't sleep in bed, but not because I'm, you know, worried about them hogging the bed or anything, but just because they, they, they get up at half past five to go for a walk, and that doesn't work for me. Sure. <laughs> but the little ones I've trained from birth to sleep in, so they, they get up when I get up, so, yeah, that, that works. You could come train my dog, who wakes me up early in the morning. What would you say that you do that really is spoiling those animals, those dogs? I mean, is there something that might be a little bit over the top? Oh, my God. I mean, their entire life. The little ones like to drink Evian from a glass. Ah. Yes. That definitely feels quite spoiled to me. And that started with Whistle. And by the time Whistle left us, she wouldn't drink from a dog bowl. Mm. She would Mm. only drink from a glass, and she would only drink (laughs) bottled water. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty spoiled. You were yeah. uh, you were affiliated with um, Rescue in Antigua, as I remember. That's right. That's right. There's um, so Pete and I have done a lot of sailing. Uh, Pete, especially, has always has always really liked to sail. So we 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 holidayed quite a lot in um, the beautiful island of Antigua in the Caribbean. And there was a period of time we would spend four to six weeks there over the winter. And uh, I said to Pete, I'm going to have to do something because I'm going to go nuts if I just sunbathe. So um, I found out that there was a shelter on the island, an animal rescue. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll go down and volunteer, you know, a couple of days a week. I'll clean out. I'm not, you know, precious. I'll do the food. I'll clean the poo. I'll take them for walks. And, of course, to cut a long story short, I ended up buying the shelter. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, they, you know, their land, they were renting the land that they were on, and it came up for sale, and they were going to get kicked off. So... Um, but I obviously don't run it personally. But, um, yeah, they're, they're just a, a small shelter. They're the only shelter on the island, and they do amazing things. They do, you know, they've dedicated their lives, the people that work there, to, you know, helping stray animals and animals that have been abused. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's a fairly big problem with stray dogs in Antigua, but they are working a sort of spay-neuter program. So, they, you know, they're getting, they're getting positive change is, is being made. But I, you know, I always ended up fostering as well. I would always foster a puppy that was sort of, you know, four or six weeks and covered in mange and covered in ticks and it would come straight into my bed and, mm. you know, I'd sort of do my best to patch them up and then rehome them um, before we left back to the UK. But a couple of years ago, we actually ended up bringing one back with us. So one of the dogs that we have in um, the UK is, is from Antigua. So you're a foster failure. I am a foster failure. I'm the definition of foster <laughs> failure. Like, I, I would keep them all. Uh, you know, in my hot little hands right now, I have your brand new CD. It's called Animal Requiem. Tell oh. us about it. I love it. So I had, I had done the orchestral quadrophenia, which was loads of fun yes. um, from a work point of view. And uh, then, I, then I wrote a theater musical, which is in production, and the album's coming out next year. And once I'd finished writing the music... For that, I, I really wanted to write a requiem. I'd always wanted to write a requiem. Um, really completely different from the orchestral stuff for Quadrophenia and the theatre. Um, a Sort of a choral, classical um, piece of music. 
And I don't really know when the bingo moment was, but, you know, a requiem is a mass for people who've passed. It's a mass for the dead. And without sounding, you know, maudlin, it's actually a memorial. It's a celebration of the life and an honouring and a remembering, you know, if you go to a memorial service. It's it's that kind of thing. So I just, you know, Pete and I, the, the, the dogs that we had amassed in my late 20s, you know, we had a pack of six for a really long time. Um, and they all got old around the same time. So they started to pass away. And the grief was really, you know, for anybody who's who's been lucky enough to sort of have an animal in their life for a long period of time, when they pass, it's like losing a, a family member. Oh, and, it's, and it's worse than a family member. My Uncle really Louie passed the same week my cat passed. I was oh. more upset about the cat. I know. I mean, it's just, you know, if you, if you make, if you have a connection with animals, if you get that connection, you know, it really is just terrible. And um, so I had a lot of grief in, in the sort of four or five year period. And one day I just think I thought, you know, I should, this requiem that I'm writing, you know, I should write it as a memorial to all these animals that come in and out of our lives. And, you know, Sometimes we have them for 15, 18 years, sometimes, you know, for much less. But, you know, the bond and the, the, the relationship is so special. And I feel like we should, you know, have a way to honor them, to, to have a quiet half hour if we're at home and just listen to some music and just remember them and think about them and all the funny things that they used to do and, you know, maybe light a candle. And, and my hope with it was that, you know, people would perform it as a concert, you know, all around the world and invite local people to come and remember they're animals. And uh, that's indeed what you're doing. We'll talk about that in just a couple of seconds here. I want to play a cut off the CD. I put the CD on at home, and my cat and my dog both came around. They really liked it. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they love the sounds of it. I'm going to play the first cut. It's off the brand new CD from Rachel Fuller, Animal Requiem.
That is Requiem Eternum. It is off of the Animal Requiem CD by Rachel Fuller. And she is joining us right now. And there are, the hairs on my arm stand up when I listen to that. Oh, lovely. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> love that you played the bird song as well at the beginning. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Did uh, did your hubby help you on this at all? No. Is is all? Well, I know you had help from Paul McCartney, right? Well, he let me have one of the original Beatles tracks on the album, which I thought was extraordinary. Um, as uh, you probably know, he's a huge animal welfare uh, campaigner and activist, and has been for decades and decades. Um, so after I'd finished writing the Requiem, I really wanted an additional track on the album, um, which was more to do with just sort of awareness and consciousness around animals and their welfare. And, you know, still there is suffering in the world, apparently, uh, unfortunately. Um, and just to sort of raise consciousness and awareness of that. So I asked Pete if he would um, write a letter to Paul to see if, if, if Paul would let me have Blackbird. And he did. I mean, he replied straight away. And... Um, which wow. is an extraordinarily generous thing of him to do. Um, but, yeah, and, and then we recorded uh, the orchestra and the choir on top of oh. uh, the original recording, Paul singing and playing guitar. So that's, that's what's on the album. Okay, I'll play that in just a couple of seconds here. You are doing an event October 26th at Royce Hall in uh, L.A. with Jane yes. Lynch and uh, Pete Townsend. He is. He is. I've, I've dragged him in, Paul Pete, to sing on this one. So he's singing Blackbird. Um, Wow. And Jane Lynch is narrating a set of poems that accompany uh, a classical piece of work called The Carnival of the Animals, um, which is a series of short pieces, you know, sort of the tortoise, the hare, the cockerel, the elephant, the swan. You know, some of it is very well known um, and it's a beautiful piece. So she's reading the poems that go with that. And then Pete is uh, singing Blackbird at the end. Absolutely wonderful. I saw that there's a website. I don't know where I saw that website or a Facebook page where you're asking people that are grieving over a lost pet to uh, check in. Well, I have. There's a website, animalrequiem.com. Okay. Um, and there's lots of info on there, and there's you know you can get tickets if you go on there for the concerts, but you can also listen to some of the music. And I do a blog, and and I do you know on my social media, which is all Animal Requiem. You know, I often ask people to check in and. People send, uh, you know, photos of their pets and, and little stories. And, oh, there's a thing on the website called an online memorial book. Okay. And you can go into that and you can upload your own photographs of uh, into the memorial book with little stories about your animals. And then you can share that with your friends and they can add. And it's, it's really a, a great thing. It's a very nice thing to do. And where can we get the CD? The CD you can get from Amazon. It's available on Spotify. You can get it on iTunes. Um, the link is on the website, I believe, um, for all of those things. Uh, but, yeah, Amazon if you want a proper CD and iTunes if you want to download and if you want to stream, you know, Spotify and, and all the others. It's an amazing piece of music, this whole CD uh -huh. here. And uh, I encourage listeners to pick that up, even if they're not grieving. If you're not grieving over a pet... Get it. No, I think you'd still like it. Yes. I mean, it's, it's an easy listen, and it's meant to be very sort of comforting and uplifting. And, and it's, uh, yeah, so I hope everyone who listens to it loves it. And, thank yeah. you for spending time with us today. Oh, no, thank you for talking to me. Rachel Fuller, and I'm going to put all the information over at the website. Animal Requiem is what it's called. And the last cut is Blackbird with Paul McCartney. It's a little souped up because it has the orchestra at the end that you mentioned. So, I'm gonna, and the choir. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Blackbird singing in the dead of night 
take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You are only waiting for this moment to arise. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these sunken eyes and learn to see. All your life You are only waiting For this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the light of a dark black Radio. Visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.